Welcome to one more episode micro podcast digital transformation industry 4.0 and emerging technologies. I am Vijay Gunti and I am your host today. With me today is Raghu Bala. Raghu is a tech entrepreneur in cognitive automation, IoT, AI and blockchain, author, speaker and educator. Welcome welcome Raghu to our micro podcast. Can you also please introduce yourself to the audience? Sure, thank you for having me Vijay and uh, appreciate this opportunity to talk to your audiences. My name is Raghu Bala, I'm the CEO of Net Objects Inc which is based in uh, Southern California. I've been in the industry for about uh, 30 years, uh, formerly with uh, companies like uh, Infospace, Yahoo, uh, Pricewaterhouse and so on and as well as uh, uh, been part of several startups that have been sold to uh, public companies. and currently um, uh, working on my fourth startup which is net objects and uh, we'll we'll talk about more of net objects coming up in this podcast also uh, worth mentioning is also I'm the MIT Sloan uh, instructor for AI and blockchain for their online courses as well um, so that's also a kind of a, a side gig but very interesting for me because it keeps me really engaged with uh, technology and uh, keeps me always cutting uh, edge and researching and, and learning about new things myself so some of which i'll share with you today uh, good to know raghu and then uh, once again uh, thanks for joining our micro podcast so raghu i see right you have been extensively working on this new emerging technologies in the areas of digital transformation industry 4.0 and emerging technologies i can see that right uh, you might have encountered a lot of challenges in the adoption of these for various industries enterprises and organizations can you throw some light on for our audience and listeners what kind of challenges you encounter so actually uh, it's kind of interesting question i've been working on iot since uh, almost 2011 and uh, the funny thing is at that time it was not even called iot i believe and as uh, soon uh, and then later you know people began to to sort of understand what the meaning of iot is AI, uh, you know, people have known it for a long time, but AI sort of had its uh, heyday in the 80s uh, when I was going to college and then sort of died off for a long period of time and then has come back recently. And I'll explain to you why that has happened. And then blockchain uh, is the third uh, area I would like to cover. That technology has also has seen its ups and downs and, and so on. So from a digital transformation perspective, the broad challenge has been uh for uh, in enterprise adoption of these various technologies first of all has been uh the sort of lack of understanding how they fit in what they are capable of doing and uh you know and sometimes it, it's somewhat uh you know somewhat odd or somewhat you know uh, funny sometimes when i hear people throwing around terms without really understanding where it fits in and so on but i think uh, most enterprises are beginning to understand how everything sort of like uh, gels together and a lot of it is being made possible by the fact that um uh, we have a very good infrastructure uh, which has become extremely inexpensive overall and put a lot of these technologies within reach of of most enterprises what was in the domain of research uh, organizations of the military and other things uh now is within grasp of most organizations even small and medium enterprises so the first uh, you know i'll talk about uh, ai for example 
AI was uh, really out of reach for many organizations, but now it's been uh, you know within reach because uh, cloud computing uh, power is extremely um, reasonable in price, and one can lease servers on Amazon or Azure or other places. And also a lot of the algorithms and so on, people have already identified and are uh, packaged as, you know, you just feed data to it, it can start learning and then produce results. So um, so that packaging of that uh, these algorithms has also happened in the last several years that makes it more uh, amenable uh, and easily attainable for companies. Um, in the case of uh, IoT, it's kind of interesting what was called machine to machine in the last decade this decade is being called IoT, and a lot of the technologies have become modularized. So what happens is the uh, to build any device has become fairly easy to kind of plug and play and, 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 and assemble something that is useful, that can be used to track, trace, or monitor any, any asset that one uh, a particular company organization might need to, to have done. The third is uh, blockchain. So blockchain, basically initial use case, everyone talks about is cryptocurrency and so on. But the area I focus on is the use of blockchain for industrial use cases like product provenance, anti-counterfeiting, um, you know, tracking of credentials, things like that, documentation and so on to prevent fraud. Uh, so all of those use cases are slowly but surely coming up in the, in the marketplace. So blockchain also has sort of evolved and recently, if you have noticed, uh, even uh, Elon Musk uh, talking about uh, uh, you know Tesla's uh, investment in blockchain, actually that is uh, you know people might think of it as an investment and so on. But uh, I was in the car industry for a long period of time, uh, with, uh, being CTO of Automotive.com, and I know for a fact that some car companies, uh, rumors are uh, uh, Volkswagen and Tesla and so on, have embedded uh, wallets within their vehicles for uh, for a number of years but they've not sort of turned them on yet. And that's because ultimately what's going to happen is all of these vehicles are going to start to pay for tolls, fast food, um, you know, and other, other amenities, parking and so on by themselves. And so, so what's going to happen is you're going to see ultimately um, the nexus of IoT, AI and blockchain coming together. The, the path has been somewhat slow and, and so on. And now the last year, COVID, did not help a lot. <laughs> a lot of people found out it kind of slowed down. It slowed down progress in one way. IoT got affected a lot because all, all the field work could not be done. That's one of the challenges, Vijay. But then, but then what's happened is it also accelerated a lot of R&D and, and acceptance of IoT and so on by almost five years in the sense that people started to already um, understand that you need to be able to remotely uh, automate, remotely monitor, remotely do things that uh, that you could not send a human to do. So IoT or robotization and so on, those types of things have actually accelerated. Now people are more open to such ideas because they know that in some cases you cannot send a human into a situation because it might not be safe and, and so on and so forth. So, so challenges have been there, but also opportunities have been born out of those challenges. 
very true raghu right excellently shared to uh, your views uh, to our audience so my next question uh, raghu uh, you rightly mentioned right challenges versus opportunities the business benefits can you also throw some light on the business models and business models so we could see forward uh, in the current pandemic and the post pandemic era yeah so what's happening is i think the business models themselves one of the uh, you know in the case of uh, i think uh, you know saas models have have all or have sort of been more in vogue uh, you know currently you know the old fashioned uh, licensing model that software companies used to charge you know for example like the old oracle database model where they sell you something up front and then um, and then what happens is uh, you pay annual licensing fees and so on i think that model is sort of slowly but surely died off and and more it's the pay per use model that people are beginning to to adopt so if i use your service i pay you monthly and um, and you you know so companies still uh, saas companies still strive for annual contracts because that's how they can sort of make back their investment but uh, customers are soon you know slowly but surely using uh, a month to month model a pay per use model so month to month model that means you can all you can eat within that month sort of thing within certain boundaries and limits the other model is like if i uh, use certain services like in the case of uh, amazon for example it's a pay per use model right if i store more data on s3 i pay for that use if i send more messages uh, using some of the messaging services then i pay per message things like that so so that same model is being used by ai uh, uh, companies as well if i run your model and uh, you will uh, uh, be charged for how long the model executes and then uh, get a bill for that amount uh, so even for devices in the iot space uh, we you know we have experimented a couple of models one is pay per device uh, or uh, pay for the data that the device is emitting uh, back and forth the payloads of data so broadly speaking i think we are going towards a pay per per use model and and that's not only limited to the technology companies even if you look at insurance companies uh, they are also migrating towards this model uh, for instance um, i think it's uh, oh, <laughs> i forget the name of the company right now but it's uh, it has a popular ad on tv uh, but what they have done is um, uh, it's a pay per use insurance so for example you only previously we used to pay or oh, you drive 12000 miles or 15000 miles you pay for insurance for that number of miles standard month but let's say your car is in the garage for 6 months nobody looks at that you still pay the same fee every month but now they are pay per use so that if you drive 5000 miles you pay for 5000 miles auto insurance you pay you drive 20000 miles you pay for 20000 miles so it's a bit more accurate and all of that is you know by the way it's being made possible by iot because now you have sensors in the car that send back data to insurance companies so that you get charged the accurate amount previously is not possible because they had to use some estimates because there was no iot so iot and 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 so on is changing the way how other businesses operate as well so so that's something to keep in mind uh, excellent views ragu on the opportunities and also the new business models uh, with the new business from coming into the picture so my next question is mainly uh, talking about more in, on the use cases uh, which you worked on working can you also throw some light on 
any one or couple of use cases you're working currently or like can be case studies also ragu sure so the business the net objects is in is um tracking tracing and monitoring of assets and creating marketplaces so when we say tracking tracing and uh, monitoring of assets so these assets could be digital assets or could be physical assets so for instance we have had a number of different engagements worldwide with different companies and we manage over 12 million assets currently uh, across uh, multiple domains healthcare supply chain logistics uh, retail and other areas uh, over uh, with companies in four continents and and what happens is um uh, when we say um uh, these use cases for example we're managing street lights in uh, netherlands uh, germany and uh, and belgium uh, for a partner of ours and uh, that those street lights for instance uh, emit data and the data would come back to our platform and we we can uh, uh, let them know just in time to say okay something is working or something is about to fail and things like that similarly with medical devices Uh, we are working with a company to to do uh, diagnostics in the radiation area so we can now trigger an alert to the hospital worker that the radiation exposure level is uh, dangerously high and for them and and so that used to take 60 days now with newer technologies such as what we have it takes 60 seconds um uh, and then there are several other newer use cases that we are working on recently because these assets um can be iot type assets or can be just um, what we call you know digital twins but can be a physical assets like for example in the diamond marketplace we have a, a customer in california and we uh are partnered with them and we are the uh, number 2 uh, diamond blockchain in the world we have got over 5 billion dollars of diamonds on the blockchain uh, several thousand diamonds being uploaded daily uh, with uh, the top 10 manufacturers around the world and um, and each diamond is actually tokenized and then uh, we have the ability to borrow money against the diamond on the blockchain and and then use that uh, proceeds for uh, we have a partnership with uh, uh, trade station which uh, enables one to um you know do trading capital we have a partnership with a synchrony bank which issues you a, a credit card against that diamond and and so on so so um these are all interesting aspects and also one one latest thing that a lot of people might have heard about which is nfts which is non fungible tokens so we play in the arena as well in fact we have been playing in the arena for over 3 years so we create non fungible tokens nfts uh, based on both digital assets and physical assets so for the diamond example that i just gave you we uh, have a non fungible token but also in the energy space for instance um, in 2018 we we worked with an energy company called ibertrola in in spain and uh, we worked with them to create non fungible tokens for uh, energy that is created using wind hydro solar so wind hydro solar energy that is generated is actually free from nature free given by nature and then whatever that you consume you consume and then whatever extra that you produce is converted into a token and sold on a marketplace that token can be purchased from the marketplace 
and then exchange uh, as an offset against your energy bill by people who don't produce uh, renewable energy. Those people can purchase the token on the exchange. So, so we are able to create NFT from both data sources like uh, energy and water and so on, or also asset sources like diamonds and 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 cars and other things. So, so we have our hands full. We are working in many many areas right now, everything from sports leagues to um, uh, this diamond thing to uh, car collectibles to a lot of things where it all is a convergence of uh, IoT, AI, and blockchain. So kind of interesting times, and I think a lot of companies are beginning to to digitally transform themselves to take advantage of uh, the innovations and technologies uh, that uh, that are happening in front of us. So. Yes, totally agreed, Raghu. Very exciting times. Uh, we are happy to be part of that. And I like the use case, like how energy, because NFT is very new, uh, new baby in the market. But I, I can see that right, you have been working on the NFT uh, three years backstory. And I like it because I come from the energy background also. I see that energy industry can use NFT as a tokenization. And our audience yeah, it's a and... huge use case. It's a big, big use case. And in fact, the, the one quick point I'll make is overseas, outside of America, where I, I live, and I believe you are here to here in America, Vijay, the, the energy market is a little bit more, I'd say, controlled by the companies. But overseas, the liberalization of energy is even far more uh, uh, predominant, especially in Europe and other places. Yes where the energy companies have become almost like middlemen. They produce energy still, but the energy grid is now crowdsourced. So right. for example, you, me, everyone, everyone who can has a wind uh, uh, device or a, or a solar device is also energy producers. So the, right. uh, the crowdsourcing of energy has become uh, very prevalent. And, and so, right. so tokenization makes complete sense. Very true, very true, Raghu. Yeah, thanks for sharing uh, use cases to our audience and listeners. So this comes to my last question, Raghu. Uh, basically, on the career opportunities, I know you, we keep talking about, like, as you rightly said, right, convergence of IoT, AI, blockchain, and many more technologies. And we do need upskilling of these areas, like reskilling, upskilling, cross-skilling perspective. So... Can you share uh, or like uh, give some piece of advice to the fresher community, student community, as well as the professional community? How do they look at take it forward these technologies as a career opportunities? Yeah, so I think we live within um, within very interesting times in the academic industry as well, because previously the only way you could get knowledge was uh, to go to an institute or, or, or uh, you know, have the discipline to buy books and learn on your own and so on. Today, academic and educational resources are at everyone's disposal. You know, in fact, Coursera went public yesterday, I believe, yesterday, day before, whatnot. And so the, the sort of online education market has exploded. And, um, and uh, that is a saying from, I think, Mark Twain, which says, don't, don't confuse... Uh, schooling for education and so going to school and getting educated is one thing but i think you know my father used to say you know uh, you don't be selfish with anything but but with except for knowledge you can be selfish you can go and grab it and grab it from wherever you can and i think uh, that's my advice to everyone listening which is like you know you have so much uh, information around you uh, where you can upskill yourself in all of these things 
and uh, formal education at college and so on you know obviously you want to pick the courses that would get you the most uh, relevant background and so on but but education does not stop at college and so on for freshers i think everyone needs to spend a certain portion of their week uh, updating themselves because technology moves at such a pace and even myself i've been in industry for 30 years i still take courses online i still i teach online that also helps me learn as a result because all my students ask me all sorts of very interesting questions which force me to research and i spend a fair amount of time reading a lot of blogs uh, uh, vi- watching videos on youtube a uh, fantastic source for a lot of this learning and so on and when it comes to iot ai and blockchain i think those three are going to sort of they'll be independent but at the same time i think they are also going to have a lot of uh, points of connectivity so let me just mention one example there's a harvard business review article called what blockchain can't do and it talks about the last mile that means we live in the physical world blockchain happens to be in the cloud right now and uh, and what happens is you need to uh, send data from the physical world to the blockchain and, and that requires a, a pipe and the pipe has to be secure and tamper proof and blah 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 and that's where iot and security and other things come into play so that's an example where iot and and blockchain would come together ai i think would become part and parcel of almost everything where we start to have uh, machines which can think and and so on and so forth so so anyway um to to get back to the point uh, that vijay mentioned i think uh, you know for professionals i think they should upskill using course course uh, course sites like coursera and edx and and so many others several universities are providing courses for the for the uh, younger uh, generation i think you can do the same but also there are a lot of universities like you know berkeley and uh, even uh, mit uh, online which i teach in and others who offer courses that can uh, improve your knowledge in any one particular area that you feel you're weak in and and things like that and then obviously your books and blogs and even medium is a great source medium.com is a great source of of many of these things that we are talking about so uh, i think uh, people should spend time and if it's their passion you know uh, it's not just a paycheck but you have to have the passion for all of this and uh, follow your passions yeah very true so like the word ragurit after having 30 years of experience in industry right i like the word you said right a continuous learning you are still learning i think that's a big motivation factor to people like the like the people who are having lesser experience like the mid level management or the senior level like management or professionals right you should be taking into the root of a continuous learning i can say i will i should say that everyday learning also Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yes. Thanks Raghu for joining us and sharing your valuable insight. I loved the discussion uh, the same with with, uh, with our audience and listeners also definitely. And uh, if uh, Raghu right if anyone after listening would like to reach out to you what is the best mode to connect with you? So LinkedIn is a good uh, connection source uh, initially and then after initial discussion if you want to progress further i'll share my email and then you know those who are interested can follow up there so fantastic to know uh, thanks raghu once again for joining us and sharing your valuable insights thank you so much vijay for having me thank you take care